0: He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan, a part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. Why do you want this? From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrett. It is my favorite time of a Monday morning. We cross to uh, to LA. Good morning, Mr. Garrett. How are you doing this morning?
1: Good afternoon, Tracy. I'm very, very well. Thank you. It's nice to know that uh, that we can brighten your Monday. Monday's uh, always a bit of a challenge, isn't
0: it? It's always a challenge, my friend. Always <laughs> a, a challenge. <laughs> it's always a challenge. Oh dear. Now, how have yeah. you been? Uh, you uh, you sent me a uh, quite a, an interesting photograph yesterday. of you with John Goodman? What is going on? I, and complete in your Newcastle Knights uh, jersey, I must say <laughs> yeah, as well.
1: <laughs> so there's a reason for it. I'll get to that in a second, but. Um, some, some people I know here were doing a, a narrative podcast series. So like an old-school, awesome Wells like radio play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a six-part series involving a bit of time travel uh, with an incredible cast of actors in it, including John. Um, and it's, it's about a guy whose consciousness travels back in time to 1906, when William mcginley has just been assassinated and it's about the mystery around William mcginley's death because there's a there's a there's a mystery around how he actually died he was shot then he recovered and then he died of poisoning a few days later and no one really knows what happened so there's this cool sort of steampunky time travel thing happening um and John Goodman is one of the cast members, along with a wonderful leading actor called Santiago, who was in a show called Big Little Lies, and a show called Star Trek Picard, and a few other things. So we had a, a really great sort of group of actors, and they asked me to come down and play a few roles in it. So we were in this wonderful sound stage down in Burbank, which is just dedicated entirely to recording sound. Wow. So we had to wear soft clothing. So they told us to wear cotton or athletic wear. So I, I, I wore my, <laughs> my, my my short shorts and my tights and, and my my Newcastle Knights Indigenous round uh, jersey. So um, it was it was a really cool experience. I, I was there a few times last week and, and yesterday John was on set.
0: Oh, is he as nice as he appears? Mate, he's wonderful. He, he's absolutely wonderful. He's just like any other actor,
1: really. I walked in the room and he stood up and he said, hey, I'm John. I was like, oh, g'day, mate, I'm Zach. Nice to meet you. And uh, we got chatting away, and because he worked with Brian Brown many years ago, and I, I did a TV show with Brian Brown when I was when I was 19, and we got chatting about that, and, and I was saying, I work with a guy you know, mate, a guy called uh, Brian Brown, he was like, oh yeah, and he went, oh, Brownie! I was like, yeah, yeah, Br- Brownie. Brownie, <laughs> yeah, <Brandy>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then he said how much he loved Australia, and he was like, I want to come back there and, and do some work again, so yeah, it was I really cool, because John, John's an actor who I deeply, deeply admire, mm. and... Um, He's, he's got a wonderful presence to him. He's a lovely man, very generous and kind. And Allison came to pick me up at lunchtime, and um, he turns she, off to her, and they got chatting because she, she's from Alabama, and he's done a whole lot of work in New Orleans, and he loves the South. So they got talking about that, and yeah, it was it was a really really good experience. It's wonderful when you can meet people that you really admire work with them Mm. on a wonderful project and then um yeah and then of course they're just wonderful people
0: fantastic how can we listen to it zach is it uh is it up yet or it's still in production
1: it's in production, so they wrapped production yesterday, and it'll go into post-production for about three or four months while they put it all together, awesome. and then they will make the announcement. Yeah, yeah, but it's a very, very cool concept. It's a, it's a great series, you know. It's all sound effects and background noise, and of course, you know, all the acting and and everything involved with that. So I had a, a wonderful job in a playing um, a multitude of characters. So it was really, really cool. It was really good fun.
0: Oh, I love it. It sounds uh, sounds like a great a great way to while away some of the time.
1: It certainly is, <laughs> especially in air conditioning at the moment, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> yes. Now, it is, uh, it is headed up for, uh, for some high temperatures, isn't it, over the next uh, couple of days? You're really oh. climbing up into the 90s.
1: It's not great. We're, we're, oh, Santa Clarita is going to be 106 oh. uh, by next weekend, yeah, which is 43, 44 degrees. Mm. So, you know, 100 degrees, which, you know, you sort of go, whoa, is like 37, so that's hot anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a real fong melter out there uh, for the next week or so. They're, they're saying that it's going to be the hottest temperatures we've had all year. And oh. while we're going through this, Jackson in Missouri is currently underwater. They're, they're saying that the mayor of Jackson, sorry, Jackson, Mississippi, the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi was on the news tonight telling people to evacuate because the, the the River Pearl, which goes through Jackson, is going to peak at about 35 feet. So um, oh. it's it's a very bad situation down there while we're facing this this pretty severe heat wave mm. that's supposed to start on Tuesday and last the better part of a week.
0: And not to mention that you have had no rainfall. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's a tinderbox, isn't it? It's ready to go.
1: We yeah, were we'll talking about that tonight. So we're actually on the cusp of Santa Ana season, and the winds, of course, are the Santa Ana winds that tend to come out southeast mm. and blow up through the through the LA basin. Um, well, it just like our westerlies, basically, yeah. and they usually start between September and go through to January. So we're on the other side of it right now, mm. but this this sort of hot temp, these high consistent rolling heat sorry high temperature days will definitely not be great for an already parched earth
0: and and not to mention that yeah you have yeah. got no uh, no no rain and no water in, in the Hoover dam you've got no <laughs> <laughs> you're in big trouble you lot yeah.
1: It's not great here at the moment. No, mm. the the aqueduct system getting the water from Northern California to Southern California is working overtime at the moment. That's wow. for sure.
0: And I'm just I'm looking at the yeah. temps. You, you're going to get down to 18. That's the most you're getting down to overnight. So uh, good luck with that.
1: Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah we'll get the aircon sure. on. I think it's yeah, it's going to be working very hard. Let me tell you, it it's will. going to want to be nuclear powered. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah let's. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Now, exactly. Um,
0: one of the big announcements that was made uh, over over the last week or so in the US was uh, the fact that they're going to uh, to have a certain level of loan forgiveness for college and uh, and university over yeah. there. Explain that to me. What What does it mean? And and I know it's you know he's Biden's talking about uh, you know the. It's only five percent of your wage once you've graduated. But there are certain caveats around it all, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there are, but but ultimately this is going to make a huge difference for people because college debt is quite crippling for a lot of people mm. across the US. I mean, as as we've discussed before, when you leave college, you have your debts and they accrue interest. I mean, hex loans in Australia don't accrue interest, they're just adjusted for um, for inflation. Um, Over here, they start accruing interest immediately, and you have to start paying them back. And everybody has a credit score here. And if you have college debt, it affects your credit score, Mm. which affects your, your, um, your potential to have a home loan or a car loan or anything, really. And then you throw in medical issues. There's all kinds of complications that can begin with just having college debt. So it's a real problem. Um, You're talking about people who are in their... There's people in their 40s still paying off their college loans from, you know, for for, for degrees they've been working in for years. What kind of interest rates
0: are they they talking? Like, are you talking decent interest rates on this as well?
1: Well, they they can increase them. They can adjust them in accordance with the interest rates, with the Federal Reserve interest rates. So if the Federal Reserve increases interest rates, they go up. But if Mm the Federal Reserve cuts interest rates, they don't go down. They stay at the same level. Oh, yeah, funny though. Yeah, so they're they're accruing interest no matter what. So if you have a $60,000 loan that you took out in 2012 and you're still paying that off, you just might be affording the interest every month. You may not be paying the loan down. But this decision by the Biden administration, which has been a conversation... That has taken quite some time to get to this point will forgive upwards of twenty thousand dollars for some people now wow. that's going to see around about they seem to think it's going to be around about twenty to thirty million people have their debts completely wiped or have their debts paid down to a really manageable level now some people have, have come out and said oh it's going to put more pressure on inflation and things like that it's not going to because this is a gradual process and people it's going to have more money to buy houses mm-hmm. buy cars Pay down debt that cripples people. Now, there is also a, a statement that people are saying they have no dramas with paying off someone's um, someone's debt for being a social worker or a nurse. Mm-hmm. But there is an issue if somebody has a, a business finance degree and they're working on Wall Street. But the, the likelihood of someone on Wall Street having, uh, having accrued a college debt is pretty minimal mm-hmm. in all honesty. It's mostly lower middle class or middle class people who have degrees in some kind of construction or engineering or social work that suffer the most. So, ninety. The, the Biden administration is saying ninety percent of people uh, who will be benefit, who will benefit from this will be earning less than seventy five thousand dollars a year. And that's the other thing to remember is when you get out of college, you don't go needle into a high paying job. A lot of people have to work their way yeah. up, earning minimum wage, which is already hard enough. In 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 uh, Places like Los Angeles and New York and even Chicago and even Austin and Texas where it can be expensive just to have a house and just to rent something. So this is a big, big deal for yeah. people. And we don't really face this in Australia because hex debts, they're indexed. You know, if you earn below a certain amount, it's 1% out of your pay packet every week. And then it increases up to 10% out of your pay packet if it's over hundred grand a year or something like that, uh, broadly speaking. I'm sure there's an accountant out there who, yeah. who knows a bit more about it than me. But the important thing is it's not affected by interest in Australia and you have to earn a certain amount of money before you start paying it back. Whereas here, the instant you get the diploma in your hand and you take the mortarboard off your head, you're done. You've got to start mm. paying these debts back.
0: Wow, that's gonna make a that's gonna make such a difference, such a huge difference. It's gonna
1: put people in homes. Yeah. It will generally give people homes and cars, like twenty to thirty million Americans who couldn't get a mortgage because they had accrued college mm. debt. And it's simple finance. You know, if a, if they go to a bank a bank loan and they see, oh, look, you're paying 10% of your wage off your college debt every week, we can't give you a loan. It's too much risk. Yeah, that's how this works.
0: Wow. That's huge news. Now, the other big news... um Oh good Lord truly I, I don't know where it's all going to stop with this man but uh, the uh, the redacted Marilago lago affidavit was released um, a lot of it a lot yeah. of it was redacted um, to protect obviously sources who have uh, who have uh, you know have been providing information to the FBI but it just continues to get worse yes. for Trump but but they're still somehow trying to turn it around and, and make them the victims it,
1: It's bizarre it's really bizarre he's describing it as a break-in he's saying that his house was actually broken into, which is just crazy to me. I mean, he's saying his house was broken into by the FBI. Now, he's, he's asking for the federal judge to be kicked off the bench and to have recused himself from this. And, of course, they're trying – it's the way they spin it, too, that they try to spin it like uh, they say when the affidavit came out. Trump said, see, there was nothing in the affidavit about nuclear secrets. So even if I had them, they didn't say anything about them. So, he ne- like, he never comes out and explicitly denies, I never had that, they're lying. He just says, well, they didn't say anything about it. So <laughs> It <laughs> could have been amongst implying, all oh, of the redacted
0: can't. information, Mr. Trump. Yeah, exactly right. And then some
1: some star on Fox News this week was saying how, well, if these are so serious, why not declassify all the documents so that we can see them as the public?
0: Oh, my God. Really?
1: That, that's that's your argument here, but it it starts to it starts to get into a very serious level here. Now, uh, fourteen of the fifteen boxes that were mentioned in the affidavit had classified information on them. twenty five documents in these fifteen boxes were classified as top secret. Now some of them were marked human resources. so they're coming from people in the field who are feeding intelligence back to the United States. Wow. These are the people whose identities can be compromised. Now, in january twenty twenty one, Trump started taking these boxes to his his place in Mar-a-Lago. Throughout the year, throughout the year uh, last year, the CIA noticed that most of their operatives were being compromised in the field, or being executed, or cutting ties with the CIA. So they had this huge surge of intelligence um, threat and and attacks on intelligence in the field during 2021 around about the time that this sensitive information was taken from the White House. Now, there's no accusation yet that Trump has possibly compromised these people, but it's an unfortunate situation that these documents who, uh, that already has highly sensitive information of people who are putting their lives on the line, who are potentially compromising themselves to feed information back to the CIA, the NSA, and other intelligence sources in the United States... Um, And the president was so cavalier and so dismissive about the safety of these people to take these documents, just to take these documents to his place. So there is now going to be an investigation within the the CIA and within the intelligence community seeing whether any of these documents did in fact lead to the deaths or to the uh, compromise of some people in the field. So that's when you're really talking like serious treasonous offenses.
0: Now, uh, yeah. one part of the document I loved uh, was a Russian agent who had infiltrated uh, Mar-a-Lago, rep- posing as a European heiress. Yeah. It's truly, is he this dumb, is he?
1: Yeah, a woman uh, got into Mar-a-Lago and played golf with Trump and into the Inner sanctum by pretending to be, essentially doing like an Anna Delvey from that, that, yeah. that you know, being Anna, yeah, Anna Delvey, you know, that, that kind of person, the APB Foundation. Um, she did a thing like that. She pretended to be this wealthy European heiress from Eastern Europe, um, surprise, surprise, and Mm. found her way into the inner sanctum of Mar-a-Lago. Now, again, there's no accusation that she had access to the sensitive material or anything like that.
0: But but the the, the
1: FBI said that, yeah, the FBI said when they found these documents, we just mentioned the affidavit, they found them randomly strewn throughout the office. They They were putting in boxes with other random material. Some of the documents even had the president's own handwriting on them. So, and they said some of these documents were found that they weren't even in padlocked, uh, padlocked safes or anything. And he was actually told earlier in the year, if you have these things which hadn't been returned to the archives at that stage, please, please at least put them somewhere where they're safe and locked away for these very reasons. It doesn't take much because he is such a sycophant. You know, he is so shallow. He is so materialistic. He is so desperate for attention and praise that he will let anybody into the circle as long as they're saying great things about him. And this is what this this, this, uh, agent did, this operative, essentially just greased the wheels with flattery and found herself in Mar-a-Lago.
0: There's just no words. There really isn't. Now, the other no, yeah. crazy thing that uh, and, and this uh, this was brought to my yeah. attention Friday of last week, and uh, and I know you've done a little bit more research since, but apparently the the Americans are banning Arndo's books. Really? <laughs> this is how, a- how can they how, how can they ban his books? What's wrong with him? It's,
1: okay, so it's in one particular district in Pennsylvania. Now, <laughs> the Pennsylvania school district has banned forty. Uh, of of uh, of Anne's books, um, sorry, forty books. Amongst them, I think it was twelve uh, books were from Arndo's Weirdo series. Now, the reasoning and the justification for the banning is still totally vague. No one knows why it's been banned. It just they sort of vaguely said. Oh, overrepresentation of diversity, or something like that, uh-huh. and that could be anything. That they might refer to it as a diversity of points of view, diversity of race. If that's the case, then that's deeply problematic, mm. um, it maybe it compromises some of the some of the the, the teachings that they're trying to present to children, not not have it tainted in any way. But yeah, his weirdo book series, which is just essentially a bunch of like fun stories for kids. A- akin to Paul Jennings and Morris Gleitzman, authors that we grew up with, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, it's really nothing that significant. But yeah, he's been; his books have been banned within this particular school district in Pennsylvania, along with, the, you know, we've been talking about it over the last couple weeks. Mm. The Diary of Anne Frank, parts of the Bible, um, Thirteen Reasons Why. you know if kids have access to Netflix; mm. they can just watch the series. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really, really becoming strange. Some of these, some of these. Uh, these these um, what do you call them? These these bannings are just are just bizarre, absolutely bizarre.
0: It really is, and I mean, I, I know we're getting to the you know to the November elections. They're getting closer and closer. There are concerns about uh, democracy in the US, and uh, it, it's it's not too far to say that we're heading into Handmaid's Tale times. You know, it, it really is crazy stuff over there at the moment.
1: It, it, well, it is, of course, yeah, in places like Texas and Ohio and places like that, which have, well, look, they've got a strong Republican roots anyway, but the problem is that they're harboring these extremists. Now, generally, when you hear of, like, someone, tr- it happened in Chicago this week, someone tried to jump the wall at the FBI facility in Illinois, and they threw rocks at the window. So it, it's out there, and it's happening. Now, how far this goes or what this might embody, it's hard to say. But, yeah, there's a big push now just to maintain the decency and the common sense that supposedly underpins the virtues of the United States. Now, the problem is there is an immense amount of hypocrisy. There's a guy named Luke Bowen, who was the former uh, political director for Texas Right Right to Life, so someone who staunchly opposed uh, abortion and Roe v. Wade. He was arrested this week and charged with online solicitation of a minor. So, oh
0: my God! Again,
1: in the Matt Gates territory, but these people—they always just like—I don't know how they do it or why they do it or how how uh, how thick the blinkers are that these supporters wear. But when you've got someone who's out there saying we need to protect our children, and then is going online and soliciting underage individuals surely at some point you've got to look at yourself and go, you know what, we might be back on the wrong horse here. And then while this is happening, you know, we obviously have Matt Gates, we've got Marjorie Taylor and all these people in the sphere and in the sanctum. Well, Liz Cheney, who is someone who traditionally you have, like the, the Democrats have basic disagreements with over policy and direction of United States values, is being sort of, is being ostracized. It's very, very weird. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, this week came out and ch- chastised and berated the, the Biden administration for, um, for forgiving student debt, again, for all these really strange reasons. And then the Biden admin this year, that they just had it on the White House Twitter account. They started posting um, ProPublica uh, points, uh, uh, public records, I should say, of people who received PPP loans during the pandemic and had them forgiven. And of course, amongst them, Marjorie Taylor Matt Gates, people from Fox News, all the people who were criticising the forgiveness of student loans all received PPP payments who were forgiven, that were forgiven. So <laughs> it's a strange, strange world we're living in now where, yeah, the, the very fabric of, of, that holds the tapestry of the US together, respect for democracy, respect for discourse, respect for decency and upholding values of the vulnerable, things like forgiving student debt, for example, are uh, just being dismissed and, and mowed down um, in this in this assault on, I think you can only really call it as uh, as uh, um, disruption. They're just trying to create a fissure across the culture of the US.
0: Well, when you've got uh, Colorado Secretary of State, uh, Jenna Griswold, mm. urging Americans, you know, to pay attention to the, uh, to the you know, to the once sleepy down ballot contest, you know, when we're looking at it, Secretaries of State, you know, we yes. really and and the number of Americans who actually do turn out to vote—that's the other problem. You know, it's uh, wow. It, it's going to be a really, really big issue come November.
1: Yes, it, it is. Um, it's going to be a particularly big issue um, come November. It's going to be really, really serious. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that um, we're hoping that by that stage, some people will have woken up to themselves and actually seen how how serious this is and how seriously this needs to be taken
0: do you find it concerning over there i mean you're lucky you live in california which is is one of the most progressive states in in the in the the, the country um are, do you feel uncomfortable yeah. or do you feel unsafe when you go to other parts of of america or uh, or is it just uh, is it this craziness being whipped up what what is the true the true feeling over there
1: it, it's look, it, it ebbs and flows from place to place, mm. and but it's in pockets here too. I mean, you don't have to go too far over Los Angeles, and you will see. I saw a car this morning Ventura Boulevard with "Let's Go Brandon" tags all over the bumper mm. of of the car, and American flags, of course, you know, <laughs> flailing everywhere. So you don't have to go too far here to see it here. Now, what I found is when we drove from from Atlanta up to North Carolina, I think we saw a couple of Trump flags, but mm. it feels like here it's it's really it's quite vociferous here because then it's almost sort of adversarial, mm. like they just try to agitate people and goad people. I mean, of course, you remember we had protest marches in Beverly Hills this year, for whatever reason, against um, against what they saw as the fascistic grab of mask mandates. Meanwhile, three or four months later, we had an attempted coup in the, in the Capitol. So I don't feel that troubled here, mm. but it is, of course, it is absolutely here. I see it all the time, but I hear it in basic conversations with people, and it's not necessarily someone standing there and saying to me, oh, yeah, the election was stolen. They just say things like, oh, well, both sides do this. But they don't, actually, and that's the problem is they're looking at this with this broad, homogenized approach where they go, oh, well, Biden's just as bad as, as Trump. But no, actually, that's not the case at all. They are <laughs> no comparison between the two, and and that's the issue, and that's also a very very uh, direct approach from Vladimir Putin. There was conversation during the intelligence community during, the, uh, during the, the Mueller investigation where they basically said the GRU, is a, uh, which is the Russian, sort of the, the KGB in Russia, mm. they don't want to necessarily destroy, like influence American democracy and hack the vote. They just want to create enough distrust in the American democratic base, so, sorry, well, uh, in American democracy, I should say, um, to have people be completely apathetic towards it or withdrawn. Because that's the Putin approach, where he basically says, yeah, things are bad in Russia, but they're terrible everywhere. Look at that. They think the West is so good. Mm-hmm. And here, that's what they want to do. They want to sow that distrust. And that's what a lot of these commentators, these a lot of these extremist commentators are attempting.
0: It's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. There's no doubt about that. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for explaining the photograph with uh, John Goodman, because I was quite impressed sure. with that one, my friend. I was very, very impressed with oh, that. good. <laughs> you know, you so I, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Roseanne fine. fan, don't think you know, I'm I'm that generation, so oh, I, I watched of him course. go through yeah, Roseanne. I, I remember
1: that mm. Yeah, it was huge, mate. It was absolutely huge. I mean I love him for Big Lebowski. Oh that of course, yes. Yeah. God, of course. I should have realised
0: <laughs> yeah. that. Duh. You stay safe. <laughs> um please stay uh try and stay cool, won't you, over there? And uh, we'll catch up with I'll you next week. Bet.
1: Yeah, I'll be in a pool of
0: sweat when we chat next week. I bet you will. I bet you will. <laughs> stay safe, mate.
1: Thanks, Tracy. See you, mate.
0: Bye. That is Zach Garrett who joins us live from LA every Monday right here on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the Morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.